Well, that's exactly right. You heard it right. We are celebrating the payoff of our uh, of our extension that we had on our building here. So, listen, it's going to be an exciting day today. I want to welcome all of you that might be guests with us. My name is Jeff. I am one of the pastors on staff. I have to say a big hello to all of those that are worshiping with us at our North Platte campus, as well as those that are worshiping with us down in the venue. So, thank you so much for everybody that's come out today to worship. You are in a, you're at New Life today. You are at a church that has multiple locations and multiple services. You're actually sitting in one of our four worship services that's happening today. So congratulations. Thanks for coming out. Happy Father's Day to all of you that are fathers. Today we are celebrating the payoff of $2.6 million. It's exciting. Yeah. Now that's exciting, but there's all kinds of miracles that go with that that payoff of $2.6 million. You've got to hear about some of them. The first thing is this. There hasn't been a building campaign in the history of this church that had more money given, more money given than what was pledged. But this past campaign of this building that we put up for our high school students, which affected our junior high ministry, and it affected our children, we had more money come in than was actually pledged. Now, to tell you, to help you understand about the miracle of that, really when a church puts out pledges for a facility and for a capital campaign and a building fund, you can typically bank on probably about 80% of those funds or 75% of them coming in. At New, at New Life here, that's been about the norm for the past building campaigns. This time, more money than what was pledged came in. That's a miracle all by itself. Right. That's worthy of giving God praise. Another miracle, though. More people than what committed to give started to give. So people that filled out a a card and said, you know what, I'm going to commit to God and I'm going to be a part of this building campaign and I'm going to give X amount of money. Those people have been doing a fantastic job. Amazing. God's been working miracles in their finances, in their lives. But we also have others that started to give that never filled out a card. And along with that miracle, we, we were given the opportunity when I first got here to plant a church while we still had this $2.6 million hanging over our head. Now, normal boards and normal staff wouldn't have done that, but we are no normal people. Um, and I think that's been proven if you've been around here any length of time. We, we decided, you know what? Yes, we're going to pay that thing off. But you know what's more important than just paying off debt? It's being a part of what God's doing. And God was saying to us, go plant the venue. And so we planted the venue. That took thousands and thousands of dollars to make that happen. But in return, God kept growing his kingdom. And God kept providing the funds to make the payments on the building. And you know what? We never made a minimum payment on that building. Not even once. As long, along with planting the venue... We, got, we were given the opportunity to go to North Platte and plant the church out there as well. Again, what does that take? Finances. Thousands and thousands of dollars to open up the, a, a building, to get staff, to put them out there, to make sure they have the funds that they need in the startup of this new church that started back in September. And while we were planting both of those and taking a lot of our capital finances and putting it towards church planting... We, we were miraculously paying off the building. We took $2.6 million, we planted two churches, and we paid off the $2.6 million in four years, one month, and 20 days. I think that's fantastic. I, we got to give God praise for that. Right? You've got to give God praise for things like that. You have to, because that's a miracle that you experienced, folks. 
and you were a part of it. God used so many of you. Even people out of North Platte started to give to help us pay off the building. So it's fantastic what God has done here at our church. What that points to is this. It points to this piece. You cannot outgive God. You can try it. I dare you. You can't outgive him. That's our core value number three. That's what we're focused on today. So if this is your first Sunday with us, please know this. We don't talk about finances every Sunday around here. But today it's one of our core values. The core value is you can't outgive God. So a lot of churches, when they pay off a building like that, they destroy the, the banknote, right? It's like, it's just one of those traditional things. Here at New Life, I think that uh, in past campaigns, they've taken a barbecue grill and they took it out and they set it outside and they, you know, lit the, the mortgage paper on, on fire and they burned it up right there in a nice safe place outside over a barbecue pit. Other churches have taken the mortgage payment and they've hung it up on something and then all of the board members took shotguns and they just blew it to pieces. That's more my style, actually. But I didn't think that you wanted us to do that indoors. So we're not doing that indoors. But today, because our facility that we built was for children and it was for youth, I thought it would be fitting to have the professor come and destroy the note. So would you give it up for our very own? Pastor Eric, he's coming out. The professor is coming. All right, so trust me on that. If you're watching down in the venue or you're watching in North Platte, uh, here he is. One more time, would you please give it up for the professor? Thank you. Right on. I don't hear your mic, buddy. All right, well, you said we're going to barbecue a goat. That's my favorite meat, so I'm very interested in helping you out today. I said a bank note. A bank note? A bank note, not a goat. Not, not a, goat. A, a mortgage note, not a morbid goat? No, not a, right, a mortgage note, right. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Well, I have Man. some paperwork here, so... Oh, wait, is yeah, that there, it? That's it. That's it? Yeah, that's it. That's what All we're right, very nice, but I have to take care of a little bit of business first. Uh, I have a release form I need you to sign that. It says, I hereby release Professor Egan Hottenodden Golden Vaden. That's just my first name. And any of his family members, friends, and New Life Kids Department from any responsibility that may result in damage to property or injury to any persons resulting from the destruction of property requested. There's a bunch of fine print here, but I need you to sign that for me because I must not be held responsible for it. All right, here you go. All right, here you then. go. Why did you sign that David Cumming? <laughs> what? what? I don't, I'm looking out for you, Pastor Dave. I did not. He is in North Platte, and you need to sign your own name. Actually, you did. Go ahead and sign again on this line because I have a double. We need to double up on the security. Yes. That would help. And initial it there. What? Yes. And initial it on the second page here. And a thumbprint here. That would work. All right. Thank you very much. Now we have that all taken care of. We can get started on this. Important. That is out so, of control. What I want you to do... I just you, wanted you, you to destroy the paper. Hold that paper. Yes, you are going to help me destroy it. I need to plug <clears> something <throat> in, if you don't mind here. If I can get this... Yes, there we go. Are you ready? Oh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I, so, the first... You've seen some of those telephone commercials, so we're going to try that. Hold that up. <laughs> keep, your, keep your fingers back. But you did sign the release form, so we're good. <laughs> Did you, you, some of you got scared, didn't you? I did not put a blade in there, see? Do I look stupid? Don't answer that. Now that, that is not very nice. What in All right, the world? let me, you hold on to that while I get my next 
because I thought you said barbecue, so I figured that we would go ahead <laughs> and try no. a little barbecue here. So hang on, I'll try to be very safe, as yeah. safe as I can. Yeah, don't aim that at me. I'll try not to, but I did have you sign the form. Let right. me make sure it's ready to go. Do you think that's enough fuel? I guess, I don't know. All right, hang on to that. Watch out for my now, fingers. Wait a second. I'm a little nervous. We should probably not do it that way. Okay. Let's hang right. it up here. All right. I have that another, sounds way better, actually. I have another idea as well. Because you, I, what I want to do is I want to experiment with one of my newest inventions. It is an instant paper dissolving liquid that I invented in the laboratory. This is That you better. guys built, by the way, for the Power Kids and the Kids Ministry. The laboratory is awesome. And I haven't burned the church down yet. I, yeah. <laughs> this is a great idea. I we, like this. Yes. It's I a, like this. It's a little safer. Maybe. Yeah, a little so, safe. So yeah. let's get some of that put on there right okay. there. And it will instantly dissolve it. And it's just incredible to watch. Awesome. Let's, and, let me... Wait a second. That is not the right... That says Pastor Jeff's hair product. It does not. You would think it would work fine on the paper, because it's working on you, it seems like. But. All right, let's forget that. Let's try this again. All right, are you ready? Let's give this another go. When's your pastoral contract up? This is my favorite magic wand. I don't know what you... I'm not a pastor. I'm just a professor. Okay, that's right. No, dude, seriously. Are you ready? Oh, I'm caught. Do not, not yank hard on the propane hose. All right. Here we go. I'm going to give it. This is going to work. I'm going to get out of the way a little bit so you can see this. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll get out of your way now so you can get on with your important message. That's right. Thank you. Come on. That's good stuff right there. Way to go. Thank Way to you. go, Professor. Anytime, just let me know. Smacking, whacking, whatever it is. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, a lot of fun. A lot of fun to add here, you know. Today we're going to talk about finances. I guarantee you that today is going to be one of the most encouraging days you've ever been in a church that's ever talked about finances. I guarantee it. It's going to be a blast. So here at, uh, here at New Life... Some of the things that I need to let you know are this, that the two attempts that Pastor Eric, the professor, I should say, took at it, that would be like if we would have tried man's way at trying to pay down $2.6 million, we would never have been able to plant two churches, never. If you would have taken man's approach, we may not even have even paid off the $2.6 million yet. Man's approach to finances doesn't work. God's approach does. And we used fire on purpose because fire is a great symbol in the Bible of God's spirit. In Acts chapter 2, the power of the Holy Spirit came and rested upon the disciples and the fire of the Holy Spirit burned like a flame above, above their heads. When God's spirit is in something and you're obedient to God's spirit and you're listening to his spirit, all things become possible. Paying off $2.6 million and planting two churches at the exact same time, when you follow God's spirit, all things are possible. And that's what I want to encourage you to do today. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that's what I want. I want you guys to walk in that type of freedom. I want you to experience what it means to trust God 100% with all of your finances. So one of the things that you might ask me is this. You might say, well, Pastor Jeff, I, I'm, I still have money that I'm supposed to be paying towards the building. You know, I made that pledge. I made that commitment to God. What should I do with it? I would encourage you to start taking that money and start tithing it to God and start giving it as an offering to God. 
um, here, right here at New Life. Why? Because the vision that we have for what the ministry here at New Life is supposed to look like is much bigger than where we're at now. It's way beyond where we're at. It, it involves more staff. It involves more ministries. It involves more locations. In fact, part of the agenda of planting North Platte is that we would grow a healthy church in North Platte, have a healthy church in Kearney, and the two of us would team up together to plant more life-giving churches in Nebraska and around the world together. That's going to take resources. That's going to take manpower. That's going to, that's going to take additional ministries. So I would encourage you, just give those funds as an offering um, if you sense that that's what God's asked you to do. So today, let's talk a little bit about what does it really mean you can't outgive God? What does that really mean? And to truly grasp it, I mean, to really understand the dynamics of you can't outgive God, you have to truly know who God is. You have to really get a grip on how massive God is. If you're ever going to trust God with your finances, you're going to have to wrap your head around just how incredible he really is. And to do that, I want to take you to two scriptures in Isaiah. Let's go to the first one. Isaiah chapter 40 says these words. Who else, talking about God, has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and the hills on a scale? On a scale. Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or even to teach him? That's powerful. How big is God? Start trying to wrap your head around that description of how big God is. Let's go to the next one though in Isaiah It says in Isaiah 66, this is what the Lord says. This is what God says about himself. Heaven is my throne and the earth is what? My footstool. You know what? You know what these scriptures tell us about God? Nothing is impossible with God. There's no obstacle that can come against God that is so great that it's going to take him down. That he's capable of doing anything. And that our world problems are meaningless. They're they're nothing to him. He created it all. And finance, finance and economy, those things are non-issues to God. Those those things don't rattle him. They don't affect him. You want to know why? Because when you look at scriptures like these two, and you could have picked many others out of the Bible, these two out of Isaiah help us to understand something about God that you have to remember. One of the reasons why you can't outgive God is because it all belongs to God. All of it. Every piece of it. The wood that was used to make the paper that printed your bills. The minerals in the earth that were used to forge and to print and to make and to, you know, pound into the coins you have in your pockets. They all come from him. It all starts with him. It all ends with him. He was the one who spoke and the earth became uh, what it is today. He was the one who spoke and the universe went into existence. He's the one who spoke and the sun lit up. He's the one who flicked the stars right into their place. The earth is his footstool. He measures the universe by by his own fingers. He holds the universe in his hands. I'm telling you, you can't outgive God first and foremost because he already owns it all. And the sooner that you and me come to grips with understanding that, the faster we're going to have a biblical mindset of finance. You know what a biblical mindset of finances is? 100% of what you and me have belongs to God. Whether that's what's sitting in your checking account right now, in your purse, in your savings account, 
wrapped up in rental properties, wrapped up in a business, you know, wrapped up in some future 401k, some, you know, whatever it is that you've got your money stashed away and some annuity. I mean, I'm just telling you, all of it belongs to God, 100% of it. A biblical mindset of finances starts there. Then it says that 90% God has given to us and he says, manage this well. Represent my, my character, my nature with the 90%. Worship me even with the 90%. And then God says, but first and foremost, come to the storehouse, come to the church, come to my kingdom, bring me the first 10%. That's a biblical mindset of finance. And we can really see this breaking down in, uh, in Malachi 3. Take a look at what this passage has to say. It says, bring all the tithe. Now, first and foremost, if you don't understand this, the word tithe literally means a tenth. That's what it means. Uh, there's, there's, there's no way to get around it. That's exactly what the word uh, it defines. That's how it's spelled out. So God's saying here, bring all of the tenth. Not a fifth, not a sixth. Seventh or eighth, bring all of the tenth into the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, listen, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it, put me to the test. Try it and put me to the test. So the tithe is the tenth. And God's saying, first and foremost, bring it into the storehouse. Now that scripture is found in the Old Testament. The New Testament storehouse would be the local church. Why would it be the local church? Because God established the local church to be the, the lighthouse, the city on a hill that broadcasts the truth into its community where people can come and they can hear a message of hope in Christ. But not just that. But they can come and they can be a part of a body of believers and they can watch their life be transformed into the likeness and into the image of Jesus. The very character of Christ, they start taking it on. The very nature of God, they start taking it on. They start living it out in their community. That's the power of the local church. There's a lot of other ministries. Those ministries are typically referred to as parachurch ministries that are connected and if they're healthy and they're pure and they're right, they're connected to the local church and they're wanting the local church to succeed and thrive because it's in the local church where we have relationships. It's in the local church where the lost can come in through the doors and they can find not just the message of the gospel, but they can find others that are living it out. It's in the local church that life groups can meet and people can be discipled and they can grow with one another. It's the local church and God, God's answer, God's solution to the earth in, in, in presenting the message of Jesus to humanity is through the local church. So he says, bring your tenth into the storehouse, bring it in to the local church. And when, when the tithe, when the tithe is brought in, there's something miraculous that takes place, like what we just talked about with the 2.6 million and paying that off and planting two churches. In your personal finances, when you put the 10th and you bring that first to God, God does something supernatural with the 90. He takes the 90 and he makes it work smarter and he makes it work harder. Harder and smarter than you could ever make it work. <clears throat> and many of you are trying and you're, you're working it and you're trying to make it happen. I'm telling you today that when we give God that first tenth, he makes the 90 go farther than you never imagined. This is a principle I learned when I was a teenager. And joyfully, I've been practicing it ever since then. When I was cutting lawns and making $10 per lawn. Oh, do we long for those days again, right? 
<clears throat> now that I have a lawn, it'd be really nice to pay $10. You can't get away that cheap anymore. Uh, if you find somebody, you know, call me, all right? It's 10 bucks. Um, but I would do that. My dad would say, now, son, uh, what's a tenth of the $10? You know, and I'd try to play dumb because I knew where he was getting. 10 cents. <laughs> no, that's not. You need to work on your math. A dollar. I would set the dollar aside, and on Sunday, I would joy. I, I did it with joy, actually. I remember that as a kid, um, just being able to give to God. And I remember times when I was able to give even more than the dollar at different times. It, it, was, it was a blast. Now I get to give way more than a dollar. And it is so much fun to be a part of what God's doing. But God makes the 90% work smarter and harder than I can. It, it's hard to even explain to you what God does. So giving, giving to God is the only thing that God says, test me on it and see if it's true. There is nowhere else in scripture that you're going to find that God's going to say to you, hey, test me on this and see if it's actually true. You give to me the 10% and you watch what I'll do. I will pour out a blessing upon you that you cannot contain. One of the things that you need to know today, though, is that Giving of a tithe and giving of offering and coming, coming to the storehouse and giving to God does not mean you're going to get rich. It's not a get-rich scheme. It's nothing that you can hold over God. I, I gave, so God, what am I going to get? But I will tell you this. One of the things that's going to happen is this. You're going to find you're going to be more content. You're going to be more content with finances. You're going to find that your finances are going to be you know, more well-rounded. You're going to discover that God works in ways that are just going to blow your mind away. Because I'm going to tell you today, even if you start tithing today, doesn't mean that destruction and, you know, difficult moments aren't going to come in the future. You do need to realize today that you live on an earth that has thunderstorms that produce hail. Hail's still going to fall on your house. You live on a, you live on a planet where people still get sick. You live on a planet where people drive cars and every once in a while they both decide to drive in the same place at the same time. As ironic as that sounds, accidents are going to happen. Hailstorms are still going to come. So just by tithing does not mean that you're going to get rich and that all the world's problems are all going to go away. But I will tell you this. When you give out of a heart of worship, you're going to find that you're more content. You're going to find that you've got, you've got more joy and that you have more peace. One of the things you're going to discover is that God's going to take care of your needs. And that's what I can stand up here today and testify. God has taken care of my needs over and over and over again. Why? I want you to remember this. The reason why you, the reason why you can't outgive God is because he already owns it all. He owns it all. So in light of that truth, what do I need you to do? As a pastor, as a pastor of this church and this core value that we believe in here at our church, you cannot give God. What do I need you to do? What do we need to be, you know, doing uh, in, in regards to this truth? The first thing is this. I need, to get, I need you to, like, work on getting your heart in the right place concerning money. Get your heart in the right place. That's where we're going to start. I'm not talking about your pocketbook or your wallet. I'm talking about your heart. That's what God cares about more than anything. You could give 50% of what you make, but if your heart's not in the right place, guess what? It's a waste of time. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of everyone's time. So God's more interested in the heart. Look at what Matthew 6 has to say about that issue. It says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your what will be? Your heart will also be. Your treasure. We need to get our treasure here wrapped around eternal things and keep earthly wealth as temporal. Meaning, yes, 
thrive and you know be the best you can be at business and at work and you know the best at savings and the best at you know all the things that you do and yeah you know gain earthly wealth that's not the problem but you you've got to have your treasure first in eternal things which is in god your treasure has to be in what you're building in heaven more than your treasure is what you're building on this earth because on this earth everything's going to rust and it's going to decay and the moths are going to eat it and it's going to fall apart That's just what happens. So is your body. And I know I'm in I'm in a similar boat to you. I mean, you know, I've got investments and I'm doing different things with my earthly funds to be the best steward of them that I can be. And I'm trying to pass on to the next generation of the Baker family something better than I was given. I want to do that, but that's not my first goal. See, that's where we get screwed up. We get screwed up thinking that that's our first goal. Your first goal isn't something that's earthly and temporal. Your first goal should be something eternal. That should be where our treasure is. That should be where our heart is. Our heart should be, God, how can I build your kingdom? Our heart should be, how can I advance your kingdom? Our heart should be, God, how can you use my finances to build your kingdom here on earth before Jesus comes again so that more people will know the truth of who God is and spend eternity with him in heaven? Amen? All right, so that's the first thing. Focus on the heart. Get your heart built on the right treasure, a treasure that's eternal. The second thing that I need you to do is this. Start saving for emergencies. Save for emergencies. Prepare yourself because things are going to happen. Moments are going to take place that are outside of your control, and I want you to be prepared for them. If all you can save is $500, save it. Put it away. Don't touch it. Save it for an emergency because they're going to happen. The furnace is going to break and you're going to need money. Save a thousand if that's all you can save. Whatever an emergency fund is for you, you put it away. For some of you, you know, the capital expenditures that you have and, you know, the liabilities that you have, your, your savings has to, your emergency savings needs to be tens of thousands of dollars. And that's okay. Others of you, it could be a thousand dollars. But you need to put that away because that's biblical finance. That's honoring God with your finances. Take a look at what Proverbs has to say about it. It says that the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Don't be one of those guys. Don't spend whatever you get. Don't just because you got it, spend it. Plan for the future. Man, if you're a father here on Father's Day, one of the great things you can give your family is putting some money aside so that when the tires break down on the car, you don't have to go without food to make it happen. You can still take the vacation that you were planning on because you put the money away. That's biblical. Save for the emergencies. That's healthy. That's good biblical finance. The second thing, or the third thing actually on this list, we've got the heart, we've got the save for emergencies. The, the third thing that I need you to do is create a budget and live by it. Create a budget and live by it. Find out what your actual income is, list out your expenses, and make sure your expenses are less then your income. Stop, that's not the, stop living with the false American dream, which is, what do we want our expenses to be? Let's just spend it. And then debt just keeps building up, building up, building up, building up, and it becomes a noose around your neck. That's not biblical finance. Biblical finance is going, what do we really have? Learn to be content with it. Be thankful for what God's given you. Build your expenses accordingly. Try that. Why? Because it's biblical. Look at Proverbs 24. It says this, that a house, you gotta look, you gotta look at this one. 
A house is built by what? Wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and valuables. Wisdom, good sense, and knowledge. When those things are applied to your monthly budget, when you bring good sense to it and you go, you know what, we're going to live within our means. When you bring wisdom to it, which says, this is how much we make, so this is what we're going to be able to spend because we've got we got tithe built into that. We've got savings built into that. You know, we've got all the components we need built into that. When you're wise, guess what happens? Man, the rooms, the rooms have what they need. The mouths, they have what they need. The car, it has what it needs. But when we don't live on a budget, we're just living month to month on whatever comes in, we spend it. That's foolish. It's wrong. It's not even biblical. So get your heart in the right place. Get some savings for emergencies. Create a budget together and start living by it, disciplining yourself by it. Why? So that you can do the fourth thing. You can give generously. See, if you don't practice those first three things, it's much harder to be a person that gives generously. I want you to be the people that experience the joy of giving generously. Second Corinthians says this about this issue. It says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly also, watch, reaps sparingly. But whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Those are the kind of people I want to see you guys be. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I want you to learn what it means to be a cheerful giver. I want you to experience that. For some of you, cheerfully giving is going to be 10 bucks because that's, that's what you got. For others of you, it's going to be thousands of dollars because that's what God's blessed you with. But if you, if you don't get your heart in the right place, if you don't put some savings away for emergency, if you don't start living on a budget, you never get the joy of being a cheerful giver. Man, I, I, have, I have loved the moments that God's given me to be able to give beyond my means, beyond my tithe, beyond what I brought into the storehouse. There's moments, and I, I just celebrate God in these kind of stories, that giving away a car, we gave away a car one time. It wasn't a beat down, you know, wore out car. It was a car that had life to it, all right? You see what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, we're done with it. Well, let's give it away. It's junk. We we're going to take it to the dump, but if you want it, it's yours. That's not the kind of giving I'm talking about. No one's happy with that when the person that you gave the car to calls you back the next day and says, wow, uh, you go, hey, how's the car going? Uh, it didn't start today. That's no fun, all right? What is fun is you give a healthy, good, strong running car. And my wife and I were able to do that. What a blast that was. It was so much fun to be able to do things like that. Why? Because we were living those first three things. I want you to experience that. There's been other times when we've seen people in need and we've known about need and we've been able to just meet that need. Sometimes people didn't even know it was us. Other times they did. But that was so much fun, even when they didn't know. And then you, you hear their story about how, wow, man, God provided. And you're like, God, you used us to be a part of that. How much fun that was. I want you to learn what it means to be a generous giver because you're going to watch your finances team up with God. And that's a blast. When your finances team up with God and you see how God uses you to bless others, you're going to be full of joy. You're going you're gonna to go, God, I'm a part of your plan. That's exciting. You're going to say, God, I'm so grateful for what you've given me as well. 
Man, it's so much fun, guys. I want you to be able to get to that point where you can, you can, you know, so generously. Why? Because there's going to be a reaping that's going to be so generous you're not going to be able to understand it. Now, that generous reaping doesn't always come back in finances. Sometimes it just comes, it comes in mysterious ways. But I know this. One thing is true. My heart has been full of joy as I've been a man that's been able to give and I look forward to the future where God would bless what we do even on this earth so that there's more finances to be able to use to bless and to sow into his kingdom to see that treasure built more than anything else on this earth. I'm telling you today, it's impossible. It's impossible to outgive God. You can't do it. You can't do it. And there's families in our church, so many of you that do tithe. You do put God first in your finances and you have the stories to tell about it as well. And today, I've got, a, I've got a family from North Platte uh, that's going to be coming. Yeah, from our North Platte campus. They're here with us in Kearney today. And they're going to be sharing with you about how they've discovered you can't outgive God. Would you please put your hands together and welcome with me Phil and Nancy. Phil and Nancy Pearson. Come on up, guys. Welcome. Welcome. Glad to have you guys here with us today. All right. Wow. And it's a great, it's a great day because, uh, you know, your son, your son attends uh, New Life here in Kearney. It's Father's Day. You get to spend Father's Day, you know, together. And so I told him last week he could thank me, you know, for bringing you guys here on Father's Day. So um, that's, that's a great gift. But listen, let's just dive right into it. We've been talking about finances. Uh, let's just dial back for a second and let's just find out Who's Phil and Nancy? So where, how did you guys find New Life, right? Uh, what brought you to New Life? How did you find it? How did you become a part of this body uh, that we call New Life? Can, you, can one of you guys handle that for us? Nathan introduced us. Your son did? Yes. He just said, you should try it. Yeah. So we thought, well, okay, we'll give it a try, see yeah. what it's like. And, and we've been going ever since. Wow. And we started that in at Christmas. At Christmas. Mm-hmm. Was that on at Christmas Eve? Christmas um, Day. Christmas Eve. Christmas Chris- Eve. Sorry. Christmas, Christmas Eve. Yes. Ah, so your son invited you and yes. you started coming on Christmas Eve. Yes. All right. That's fantastic. I mean, the church just started in September. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, has, what has this body of new life really meant to the two of you guys since that, since that time? It's grown us closer. Mm. You know? And uh, we've met a, a large group of people that are now our family. Wow. Wow. It's awesome. I have to throw in there that we have the best life group in the world. <laughs> the best life group in the world? Yes. All right. Yes. Right um, on. Who is no. the life group leader? Uh, that would be Robin and Don Store. All right. Way to go, Robin and Don out in North Platte. Way to go. All right, so you got the best life group. You guys started coming then. Um, you know, God's been doing some probably some fantastic things in your life. If you were just a highlight for us, what are a couple of the, of the great things that God's done in your life since you really kind of joined, joined with us back at Christmas? Okay, Christmas, that would be almost six months ago, not quite. Almost. We went to a church that we felt completely at ease with and welcome. We gave our lives to Christ on Easter. Amen. Amen. The next weekend, we were both baptized. That's awesome. That is awesome. I think that's fantastic. So it's, it's been a ride yeah. for 
a very short time, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's just, like Nancy said, it has strengthened us a lot. That's great. So you come on Christmas, you give your lives to Christ on Easter, you baptize the very next Sunday, you've got the best life group on the planet. Today we're talking about the finances, about how you can't outgive God. So let's go someplace that few people would, would want to be on the stage talking about, and that is your finances, right? Not many of these folks, those watching in the venue as well, would want to be standing up here doing that. But you guys, you guys have discovered that God's been doing something in your finances as you've been honoring him. We're talking about tithing. How did tithing get introduced to your life, and how have you been practicing that? What have you been observing that God's been doing in your life as you've been giving to him? Well, number one, the tithing thing was asleep for a long time because we didn't attend church for a long time. Yeah. We were, uh, we had financial struggles, and uh, my rock got us through it. (laughs) Nice. And uh, so we, we, we got out of that, and we were actually financially sound. But there was an emptiness. And uh, the life group, the church, it put that, that fire, that, that, what you say, want to in your heart. Yeah. So you really, you got to go with that heart. And you don't have to worry about anything else. Yeah, yeah. And so you guys have, you guys have started giving to God. You've started tithing even. And uh, through tithing, how have you experienced you know, this God who says, I'll pour out a blessing upon you, which you can't contain. How have you been experiencing that blessing of God while you've been tithing? How would you define that? Go ahead. Uh, I myself, one of the biggest things is a calmness, hmm. a peacefulness, and uh, just a joy in my heart that I can't, can't erase. Yeah. Uh, we were blessed with uh, you know, increased finances uh, in a tune of a cost of living and, and uh, merit raise at work. And it, it almost equaled the amount that we plan to give to the church this year. Wow. So you, you made a commitment to God. God, I'm gonna, we're going to give a tithe. And then just a, a short while after that, you end up getting a raise that is about the same amount of money that you were going to give? That's correct. Okay, now that's... That's the kind of stuff that people go, now, come on, how did you plan that? That's not something that you can just plan, is it? No, it's not. I, I knew that there were the, the talks of a, of a race, but, sure. but there, you know, you always get those. And, and uh, we decided, well, it was a couple months before it ever came about yeah. what we were going to give. Yeah. And it came about, and, and I was overwhelmed by it. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, listen, I'm so excited for you guys, everything that God's doing in your life. Um, what would you say to people that are, that are listening today? They're out in the North Platte, you know, some of the folks that you attend church with every Sunday. There's folks down in the venue, and they're right here in our main auditorium, plus all of those that are watching online today on Father's Day. Um, what would you say to people that aren't tithing but are considering to start trusting God with their finances? What challenge would you guys give them? Well, I don't know about a challenge, but <laughs> I would say it makes you feel good to be able to give something 
and to know you're helping in some way. Mm. And, you know, it just, even if you only have a little bit, when Phil and I first started, <clears throat> excuse me, um, after the first service, we looked at each other and kind of went, we've only got 20 bucks between us. So we gave it. Wow. And it felt good. Wow. Wow. And that's what you guys told me earlier is that you started with this a little and you kept working your way into trusting God. Right? Phil, what would you end with? Well, one thing I'd say is take that step out of the pew or off the bleacher. Uh, take it in faith because uh, we have found you cannot outgive God and mm. it's only going to get bigger. Yeah, yeah. Step out of the bleachers. Get onto the team. Amen. All right. Guys, God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. It's awesome. It's awesome. Wow, to hear stories like that are are amazing. So one of the things that we want to do for you guys is this. We want to make it easy for you to start tithing. We want to make it easy for you to jump out of the bleachers, jump out of the pews, and get into the game. So I want you to open up your bulletin. I want you to take out the insert that's in there. and all of our venues, you have it. And inside of there is a nice little card, and it says the 90-day tithe challenge. This is for everybody. This is for teenagers, young adults, moms and dads, grandmothers and grandfathers. If you haven't been tithing here at New Life, or if you have never tithed in your life, this this 90-day tithe challenge is for you. And what it's going to be is uh, this card that you have is just a card that gives you some information on the back. We also will have our accountant, Rihanna, out in our lobby here at, uh, at New Life Kearney. If you're from North Platte, you're going to have to call her or email her if you have questions, but she'll be out in the lobby to answer more. But this 90-day tithe challenge is just that. You will go uh, and fill out this card first and say, I'm interested in participating or I'm interested in even praying about it, considering it, you'll drop that in the offering that will come at the end of our worship services here today. And then you'll have to go online, which I'll show you in just a minute, on how you can actually fill out the form and and actually sign up for this 90-day tithe challenge. But one of the unique things about this challenge is this. We, the leadership of New Life, believe so deeply that you cannot give God that we've put a guarantee on this 90-day tithe challenge. If you commit to it, you fill out the form, and you go through it, and you follow all of the terms and conditions, at the end, if you decide, listen, this tithing thing doesn't work for us. It's at the end of the 90 days. We've given it our best shot. We don't like it. We don't want to be a part of it. You can ask for a refund, and with no questions, our accountant will write you a check and give you back your tithe. It's kind of bold. It just means that we believe in what God's word says. And we want to give you a safe place to test it out. So the 90-day tithe challenge. If you want to be a part of it, please fill out that card, put it on our offering. But you're also going to want to go to mynewlifechurch.com. And you'll scroll down slightly. This is, our, this is part of our homepage. And you'll see right down here is the 90-day tithe challenge button. You'll want to click on this button right here. That's going to take you to the 90-day tithe challenge page. On there, there's a lot of questions and answers. There's terms and conditions. There's other pieces that are listed there just to help you understand what we mean by a 90-day tithe challenge. If you scroll down just a little bit, you'll see that it says sign up today, start your 90-day tithe challenge by clicking the give button. You'll click on the give button and that'll take you to the form that you have to fill out. 
And I'll just ask you a few questions. Now, one of the things you need to know from an integrity point of view is that when you fill out that form, it's going to go to one person and one person only. And that's going to go to our accountant, Rihanna. Here at New Life Church, none of our pastoral staff, including me or our board members, know how much you as an individual give. It's part of our integrity here. We don't want your giving to affect our ability to minister to you. So that way, we don't ever want finances to manipulate our relationship with you. So when you fill out that form, it's going to go straight to Rihanna. She's the only one that's going to know about it. Now, Rihanna is going to give me the names of the people that fill out the tithe challenge. And that's for one reason. That's so I can be praying for you. As your pastor, I want to be a part of your team. And I want to start praying that God would show his faithfulness to you in a powerful, powerful way. Please go on to mynewlifechurch.com today and sign up to be a part of our 90-day tithe challenge. And watch God do something miraculous, miraculous with your finances. Um, so as we wrap up today, what will we win if we actually work together? Well, there's a few things that we're going to win if we work together on this core value you can't outgive God. Because it requires both of us working in the same direction. First, we're going we're gonna to win a church that's full of people passionate about heavenly treasure. That's awesome because that means our hearts are being transformed and changed. We're going to win a church that's experiencing the full blessing of God. That's exciting about how God's using our church to do amazing things. We're going to win a church that's reaching thousands of people for Jesus every single week. That's our goal. We don't want to stay where we're at. We're excited with where we're at. We thank God for where we're at. But we have a dream to reach thousands of people for Jesus every single weekend. And we have a dream to plant life-giving churches in communities that are in need of it. How are we going to get there? We get there by when we all start testing God with our finances. And we start giving to God. And God starts blessing us in ways that allow us to give generously. We're, we're going to meet more community needs than we've ever met before. That through New Life in North Platte, New Life in Kearney, and New Life wherever it is in the future, we'll be able to meet more practical needs in our community because we'll have more resources to give away and to build God's kingdom. Last but not least, we will not all get rich, but we will grow in our hearts and become rich with an attitude of thankfulness and an attitude of gratefulness. And where God sees an attitude of thankfulness and gratefulness, God blesses. We'll find a church that's experiencing a supernatural blessing of God. So today, please, while we spend a few moments in worship together, celebrating this God that you can't outgive and celebrating this miracle of what God's done here at our church and celebrating what God wants to do in our future, would you please consider filling out that form and get it ready because the offering is going to be received at the end of our service? Would you consider participating with us in this 90-day tithe challenge? Why don't you stand with us as we celebrate a God that you can't outgive? Let me pray. Father, thank you that you are on the throne and that you are fully in charge. God, I thank you that, Lord, you, you are a God that we can't outgive. That, Lord, the resources of your kingdom are greater than anything we can understand. That, Lord, your word says to test you in this place. To test you with our giving and to see how good and how faithful you are. Lord, I pray for this church. That this church would be a body of believers that are experiencing the joy of what it means to give. That, Lord, we would be a church that experiences what it looks like to expand the, uh, the tent stakes of this church into communities that we've never, we've never been to before. We would plant churches, and we would see more and more people like Phil and Nancy come to Christ, have a relationship with God, get saved, get baptized, be a part of giving. Lord, you're, you're wanting new life to expand the kingdom in great ways. And may you do it through us that are here today as you challenge us to participate with you in 
giving. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.